and welcome to another Round the Rotary podcast with me, your host, J.P. Warren. And before we begin, i got to say that Round the Rotary podcast is brought to you by Capital Patron Consultants. CPC specializes in project engineering and well site supervision and all disciplines of the oil and gas industry. Contact us through www.capitalpatrolandconsultants.com to see what CPC can do for you today. And thanks for everyone tuning in on Around the Rotary uh, podcast. I know that you have your choices of podcasts, but thanks for tuning in to the number one oil and gas podcast per my wife. And you can find Around the Rotary on uh, whatever platform you listen to now. Please like, subscribe. Uh, we're, I think we're releasing a bunch of these, I think two a week. So uh, we'd appreciate that. We're also on uh, Instagram round underscore the underscore rotary underscore jp warren check us out there we got a lot of other material and uh so uh i gotta say that i'm excited that, that you're in here today um i've seen your stuff on linkedin i've seen that you just actually got promoted and for those who don't know who i'm talking to right now this is celeste schaefer the operations supervisor and it's a slash now right right now yes. right now it's a slash <laughs> uh business development manager and that's a, that's a recent uh position yes this is my in. third day in the job third day in the job and you're actually taking time off to do this podcast so i am that's yes good luck to you at uh did i say neighbors industries yet you did now. Okay. Well, at Neighbors Industries. And uh, first off, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, and uh, getting on here. I've seen your stuff on LinkedIn. I know that you're very active in uh, speaking at uh, events, or at least one event. I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, actually, just, just recently, the visibility and exposure has just ramped up. Has it really? So, is, is that from your new role or is that just kind of from uh, COVID times? It, it might be from, from COVID times. So, yeah, okay. A little bit of a, a ramp up there. I'm trying to keep up, uh, trying to log into LinkedIn a little bit more. But yeah, between it's, it's, it's my new Facebook. I, I checked LinkedIn is. now. I took Facebook off my phone. I just do LinkedIn now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Between LinkedIn and like Instagram too. I'm working on that one. Yeah. You got to build, build, the, build the content out there. Content. So, so let's. So let's. I'm, I'm glad you came in. You know, um, I, 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 I think we got a lot of stuff to cover. I mean, obviously, we're going to cover. I guess your background, how you got in the oil and gas industry. I want to talk about you know being a woman in the industry and kind of what challenges and kind of how, how you navigate through that. And then I want to talk about I guess some uh, personal side of things, the, the the fitness aspect of your life, which is kind of it's it's there's no lines. It's it bleeds into your professional life too. Absolutely, so, it does. So why don't you get us kicked off? Why don't you give us a background where you're from, kind of how you got in the industry, and kind of let's go from there. All right. Uh, so I'm from Magnolia, Texas. That's where I was raised, uh, born in Houston. So my whole family's in Houston. Love it. Um, Dad actually just moved to Baton Rouge. So Louisiana, Houston. Okay. Uh, so that's exciting. Is he, is he a tiger? He is a tiger. LSU. Okay, going back, going yeah. back home, huh? Yeah, that's a family legacy thing. Uh, I graduated from University of Texas, okay. so I was kind of like wild card on that one. But uh, little sister's at LSU now. Yeah, she's uh, becoming a nurse. Yes, okay. she's uh, studying nursing. The other one's at uh, Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, so I have a lot of little sisters in uh, college. So there's a big age gap. Okay. Which is how I stay uh, stay relevant on my hashtags. Okay. All right. So that's how you kind of get your, your market research on what is oh, this yeah. hashtag trending or not. Yes. I'm still figuring out. Like, I'll do a hashtag and it's like, you only, there's only like 20 followers behind it. I'm like, that's not a good hashtag. Those are the best. And it's weird though. You got to navigate around that. Yeah, though. you do. You do. You have to do your market research. You got to see what's working. And uh, it sounds or, so yeah. silly to, to, to talk about hashtags right now, you know, being 41 years old, sitting here talking hashtags. But it's, it's it, in this day and age, I mean, post COVID and all that stuff, it's all, it's not all, but there's a lot of, um, I guess, uh, energy and efforts to have clicks and people look at your stuff, yes. and content views. So it does matter. Yeah, actually, in fact, someone at the office uh, yesterday or the day before, my days are mixed up, but uh, they found my Instagram through an oil and gas hashtag. It was a picture of me in like 2010. Hashtags work. Yeah, they work. They really do. So I was surprised. I was like, oh, 
He goes, is this you? I was like, yeah, that's me. Old school. Yeah. Old school, was like, 11 years ago. It was a little, little Celeste. <laughs> so you went, to, so you grew up Magnolia, went to UT. I mean, yes. are you first generation oil and gas? I actually am. Okay. Yes. Um, I mean, I have some family that worked in oil and gas in some capacity, but it was like IT or software. I'm definitely first generation as far as like, yes. The grit of it, the yes. operation side of things. Absolutely. So that is, it's different. Uh, it's a different breed for sure. So if you're first generation, I mean, how, why did you pick uh, petroleum engineering at UT? I mean, that's kind of a... Yeah, that's a, that was a big jump. Uh, so yeah, no, when I applied to college, you you have to select your, your major and what you want to specialize in. I just selected it off of a list. I was like, so much pressure for an 18 year old. It is because you don't know. You don't know what it is. I mean, I think I had a little, you know, just dial up computer trying to Google what I can. But (laughs) I feel like you I feel like unless you're like, uh, like lined out on like a career path, like you really don't know what you want to do to your like 27. I feel like I don't know. That's that's even then I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I don't know what I want to do today. I think we're trying to figure it out no. right now. Yeah, I think everyone is. Uh, so, yeah, no, I selected it. Uh, that was my first choice. My second choice was actually, like, architecture and interior design. So uh, Same I, thing. Yeah, no, same, same, but different. Same, same, but different, but still <laughs> <Yes>. same. <laughs> so I, I got in, and, um, you know, day one, uh, my one-on-one class, I remember the professor had this picture of uh, someone in a hot tub with a gun shooting a deer. That was the that was the intro. That was the intro. It was like, hey, this is this is the life. And I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Now it's probably some dude sitting behind a computer sending his resume in. Yes. Yeah, oh, in his yeah. boxers working from home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Caller from you know, just the the waist up. Oh, the the, the, the zoom attire. <laughs> yes, the, the zoom zo- attire. The zoom attire. Absolutely. Basketball so. shorts button up. So so you started pursuing patrol engineer. Did you like it? Um, I you know, that intro class was great and then it got hard. Okay. Like it got really hard. All and right. I I was working so hard just to, you know, get good grades and everything. And, like, I know halfway through I called my mom. I'm like, Mom, this is hard. I don't know if I want to finish this. She was like, you know, tough shit. Well, what made you finish it? I mean, it it seems like that's such a a foreign uh, industry, you know, because I'm first generation too. So it's a foreign industry. You choose this major. It's more challenging than you think. And most people probably, I'm I'm assuming your friends and all that stuff, are probably easier majors and going out and having fun all that stuff. So Absolutely. What, I guess what kept you sticking with it besides your mom saying tough shit? Uh, mostly that. Um, but honestly, I mean, just like, I don't know. I think I'm just drawn to challenges. Okay. Anything that's really hard, like I want to try it. And okay. I want to do it. Have you so, always been that way? I've always been that way. I've right. always really taken on extremely tough projects, tough hobbies. I mean, bodybuilding. Right? Yeah. That's hard. We'll get into that. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so? So, um, yeah, that's that's really what drove me to, to finish it. And then, of course, I didn't have a lot of contacts in the industry. Right. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anyone. So I really had to start from from scratch. And I think a little bit of it was luck. Right. You know, getting to where I am now, and a, a lot of it was just grit, hard work, all those things that are still really prevalent in the industry. That's kind of what it just changes the, the the game changes, but the the, the the energy and effort still kind of the same same right there. Yes. So yeah. you grad so you graduate petroleum engineer. Do you where'd you go from there? All right. Uh, so of course, you know, like any good petroleum engineering student, we had a we had a it was mandatory to do internships. Okay. Like if you didn't do an internship, you were not going to get a job. Okay. So, um, you know, I did, uh, you know, just some, you know, worked at Dara data for a little bit. I worked for an operator for a little bit and then come graduation time, it was either work for an operator in the field or, um, actually met my then current manager or my manager at the time at NOV at a career fair. Okay. And he invited me out to lunch with, uh, my 
future team. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like, I love these people. I love the culture. Like, this is good fellowship. Okay. So I made the choice to go work for NOV straight out of college. So that's interesting because usually, I mean, I would assume, and obviously I don't know, I'm not an engineer, but I would assume that people graduating patrol engineer will want to go work for an operator, want to make the calls and the shots and, you know, and, and choose their vendors and yeah. all that stuff versus going to NOV, which mm-hmm. is a huge service company. So right. what made your, I guess, decision between one versus the other? Right. Uh, so I'm actually probably one of the few that does not want to work for an operator. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so, I will say that. But at the time, the choice was either, okay, uh, go be queen of Turd Mountain in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, make a lot of money. Maybe learn from my grandpa. Great. Or I can go work for maybe some people around the same age, a lot more people, and learn a lot about the industry, a lot of pieces about the industry. So you were drawn more towards, I guess, your potential future uh, colleagues versus kind of the the, the financial uh, security and the, and the operational knowledge you get from Definitely. being queen on Turd Mountain, right? <laughs> yes. So, so it was the people that brought you to NOV. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it was great. I've always been attracted to good leadership right. and quality coworkers. Because if I'm going to be around people for 40 to 60, 80 hours, whatever, yeah. I want them to be good people. You know, I completely agree with that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that always are chasing that, whether it's a title or whether it's that, you know, 20% uh, increase in pay and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they're not going to, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a shitty environment to work in, right. if it's a bad, if it's a bad, but if it's not, if you're not happy, you're not shiny, you're not getting along with your colleagues, it's mm-hmm. going to suck. And yeah. at the end of the day, that 20% or 30%, whatever it is, increase, it's not worth it, in my opinion. No, absolutely not. So to you, it's more it's more quality of life than... Uh, than I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So so you're at NOV, you're working with your team, and what, what kind of... What were you, were you working on? Ooh, a little bit of everything. So uh, let's see, where did I start? I, I did some rotational program uh, where I got to work in the shop. I drove like two hours to Rosenberg every day, tearing down motors, uh, refurbishing bits, okay. uh, just, you know, working like six to six. Is that that leadership program? I know... It... I don't Where know. you do some in operations, you do some in the field, and you do some like Ka- coursework? Kind of. Okay. A little bit. It was like a official, unofficial program. I think okay. they, they ended it shortly after. Um, <laughs> not for not for any particular reason, but I mean, they're just like, hey, this is going to really jumpstart your career. Okay. Like, go, go learn some stuff. So okay. I did some, you know, field sales, you know, going on bit runs. Uh, How was that experience for you? Oh, I loved it. Okay. I love I love going out to the field, and, and I might like it because I don't have to be there all the time. It's like a little vacation. Right. <laughs> no, I do I do like going to rigs and you know visiting with you know different you know operators, seeing what they do. I get to see a lot of what everyone does okay. uh, working for you know whether it's a contractor or service company, and you just get you really get to see a lot more, which is interesting. So you get to see what one operator does versus another. You get to see who who thinks they're drilling fast, but they're not really drilling fast. So. So I, no, that's, I mean, that's, I mean that's a good point. I mean, I'm, I, I know uh, I have a, a a friend, and you, you probably know the the person. I'm not gonna bring up their name, but you know, he was talking to me. He got he got let go, and he's an engineer, and he's like, ah, you know, he's kind of him and hawing around. He has an opportunity to serve his company, and I was like, buddy, like. I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I understand you want to be on the operator side and all that stuff, but at the same time, I mean, right now, I mean, you're going to learn. And first off, your network's going to grow tenfold. Mm. Second off, you're going to, you're going to be able to have that those conversations because you you had the opportunity to sit on both sides. So I think it's I encourage people, um, and also I kind of like dealing with, with with customers that have been on the service side of the industry, then go to the operator side because they get it. You, right. know, you understand kind of what both parties are working with. 
Yeah, no, and I feel like um, in in seeing what everyone does, I can bring a lot more to that one yeah. customer. Okay. So I get a lot more information. Of course, being an engineer, I'll analyze it myself, and you know, kind of see what what's working, what's not in right. a particular area, and, and bring the best solution forward to you know my clients or whoever. So you, you so you're breaking motors down, and you're also doing field sales. Field sales, uh, worked a little bit in uh, Casper, Wyoming, okay. uh, DFW area, Louisiana, South Texas, a little bit of everywhere, um, doing everything from uh, just working in, in our, our field office to, uh, you know, going and sitting out on drilling rigs for, you know, a motor run or a bit run. Uh, that was awesome in you Wyoming. I did like that. I mean, I got to go to, um, you know, diff- different parts of Wyoming that were gorgeous, like Pinedale. So pretty. I, I guess so. So pretty. I take the company truck out there, and you know, between you, me, and everyone on this podcast, uh, take it off roading. Yeah. Well, there's probably there's, I mean, there's seven listeners, so you're fine. Ob- obviously. You're fine. Don't worry about that. Obviously. I know. So you're traveling all around, right? You're 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 visiting different parts. Of, I guess the, the 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 lower forty eight, right? You're getting all this experience, and so you're then you go to which which then which role did you go into at NOV? Oh gosh, uh, I eventually got back to Houston in a technical. Uh, sales role, okay. so supporting our, our sales engineers as the technical expert and technical engineer. So I did a little brief stint in that and um, actually transitioned into doing analytics. Okay. And I spent most of my time doing that. That was a good five years at least uh, doing um, <clears throat> performance drilling optimization, BHA recommendations, torque and drag, a lot of like high frequency uh, data analytics. Did you enjoy that? I did. Uh, I really did because it was, I learned something new every day I okay. walked into the office. I was like, what am I looking at? Wow. Okay. So that was really interesting. So I'd have these projects from um, operators, like for example, they'd be like, hey, we're having all these twist offs in this zone. Right. Can you tell us, can you tell us why? Or, you know, something like that. And so we'd run our little black box tools, do a little project. It took a long time. Uh, I don't think we're, we weren't as advanced as an industry in dealing with massive amounts of data. Because you have so much. It's like, what do you do with it? I kind of, you know what, there's, I've had a lot of people on the podcast before that, that have discussed that exact same issue. It's like, yeah. there's so much data. Yeah. Like, how are data, data, whatever. There's so much data. Now data and um, and it seems like now like I'm, I'm not sure if it's the last nine months or ten months because of uh, COVID or anything. We're, we're recording this on April 28th. I'm not sure if it's because of that. Like it's accelerated. Like all these companies now are like doing the centralized data collection and yes. feeding it to the operator. Oh yeah, no. I mean we're even at neighbors. We're we're doing. We have an analytics platform. Okay. On Recloud and doing quite a bit of that. But yeah, it's taking. I mean sometimes there's too much data. Right. And so as you know, an engineer or even working at you know, a service company or a contractor company, it's our job to break that down to what's valuable and what's contributing to the problem. Don't analysis paralysis it. <sighs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a very real thing. No, I right. think I've spent, I've spent like two weeks on a project and I just like couldn't figure it out. And I just had to take a little break, take a step back and, you know, come to it fresh eyes and be like, okay, that's it. So it's, this is obvious. Take it, so do you usually <laughs> dive into your work that much where it just kind of consumes you and surrounds I, yourself? I can get into it. Really? I can go sit at my desk and not get up for 12 hours just because I, I want to get into it. That's the engineering. It is. It really is. And that's, uh, you know, that's something I'll have to, I'll have to break that habit when I get into this so business what, development position. So t- well, we're going to get, <laughs> we'll we're get, gonna, we're we'll gonna get into the business development <laughs> position, which I'm excited to hear about because uh, I want to I hear about how you got into that because it seems like this is a very recent thing that someone threw your name in the hat. And because of, I guess, your efforts and what you've done during the, mm-hmm. the whole 
COVID quarantine lockdown, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's kind of uh, propelled you. But before we get to that, that's for later listeners, before we get to that, how did you go from uh, NOV uh, as the Dynamic Drilling Solutions Optimization Engineer, that was the mm-hmm. title, uh, to Neighbors? Uh, actually, one of my colleagues, he had been He'd been bothering me for a while to come over to Neighbors, and I was like, no, no. Was this an old colleague from okay. NOV? Uh, no, he was. Uh, he's at Neighbors. Uh, we worked together actually for like you know a year and a half, and like we're both still at Neighbors. Gotcha, but gotcha. He, he'd re- pinged me and on uh, LinkedIn, which I never checked. Mm-hmm. And then I think he finally texted me. So, <laughs> so he's actually an old colleague from NOV. Went over to Neighbors, yeah, okay. Kind of kept reaching out. I was like, hey, I think you'd be great for this position. What are you doing now? Are you happy? And I was like, I'm all right. Like, I'm good. Were you fine? You know, were you was, just doing the same thing for so I, many years? It's I was. Like, eh, I'm ready for something new. A little bit. Well, there was a there was a culture shift, actually, um, okay. you know, back at, you know, my old company. And it, the, the leadership wasn't quite there. Okay. And I didn't really see my career, you know, going forward anymore. Um, so that's why I made the transition, which I'm, I'm so glad I did. Uh, so, I mean, small world. I was going in for my interview and the my director at the time, he walked into the room. And I'd met him at, like, a conference years ago. Yeah. And, that, and of course, like, I've been at my desk at this point. I'm a desk jockey. I don't get out. I don't go socialize. And, you know, all of a sudden, I just, like, started going out a little bit more and, like, meeting more people in the industry. And so he walks into the room. And I was like, oh, what's up? Cool. So because so – because, and that's the thing, though. The oil industry yeah. is so small. You it never – I remember dropping – I remember when I was doing breakfast runs. I ran into this one customer, and he was, like, in a suit, yeah. sitting on the chair. I was like, what are you doing? And then – the customer who I knew was coming out, he was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, you're interviewing. It's, it, oil field is small. It yeah, it's, is. it's you got to be sneaky it, when, oh. when, when it's like you're interviewing somewhere else because people have friends and, they, and people talk. They do. Well, I mean, there was even, we'll get to this, but my new position, like people knew about it before I did. Really? I was like, really? <laughs> Surprise. Uh, but no, I mean, I've ran into colleagues and clients at Lowe's at six o'clock in the morning. Right. I'm in my jam jams shopping at Lowe's, you know, getting my lumber, whatever I need for my project for the day. And I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Get your lumber. Not, you're not getting your lumber these days. The lumber prices are through the roof. Yes. Oh, yeah. So your first role at Neighbors, and so you've been there about two years now. Yes. Right. So your first role at Neighbors, you, did you go in kind of doing the same thing uh, that you were doing at NOV? A little bit. It was more like analytics, KPIs. Okay. Uh, so what I did was I, I supported a lot of these uh, NDS technologies and essentially provided the value statement to the client like okay well what is this doing what are our metrics you know pulling all the data right. for that and then presenting it and be like okay well this is why you're running this tool this is why you're running this software this is what it's doing for you so i did that for um you know up until i guess mid mid covid whatever we want to call that <laughs> mid 2020 mid was that yeah. april may or something yeah like that? april okay. april april may um and then uh I guess we can we can get to this topic Let's of you know what what I did in 2020 and I guess how I kind of stuck through it uh, was in fact uh, it gave me a lot of creative freedom you know not having my my boss there giving me directives I kind of got to choose my choose my own which is nothing against your boss if, yeah. if you're listening oh no great no great great boss um, you know really not not a micromanager in any sense right. of the of the way but you know he taught me quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, not having someone there really giving you any directives, it was like I had to sort of pick my own projects okay. and pick how I did it. And then uh, it eventually came down to, like, me and one other guy. We were like, okay, here's our process. Here's what we're doing. How can we make this better? How can we really improve this? And, and no one asked you to do this. Mm-mm. This is just something kind of that you two kind of took on your own and say, look, we're kind of at the house right now. We yeah. got to kind of show our value in doing something. Oh, Let's absolutely. do this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then it was so easy with only, you know, two people. 
you know, it was just a phone call away making decisions, yeah. going back and forth. I mean, of course, we we busted our ass. I mean, we worked 16 hours a day doing stuff. Like, we had a mission, and you know, we we did it. Okay. Which All was right. which was really fulfilling in itself. Um, so yeah, just creating that that value and having a lot of freedom to do that, you know, at the house without anyone looking. Well, when did I guess uh, we, we were talking about this before we started recording? I feel like you know, Mar- middle of March last year, 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's at the house and all of a sudden, two weeks, flatten the curve, which is now find the cure. But uh, so people are at their house and it's they're sitting there, I think probably around middle of April, beginning of May. That's when you kind of saw things either on LinkedIn, start getting more creative. You start you start seeing people that you've never met before in West Texas, like that Keith Stelter guy I had on uh, yesterday. Like there's just so many people that kind of came out of the woodwork who um, – and honestly, me too. I wasn't using LinkedIn yeah. before COVID. Oh, no. You know, now that's all I use. So it's like when, when was that time for you? And I guess what was the mindset when you're like, okay, well, we got to start doing something. We got to put something together. To kind of, what was that drive behind that? Uh, between – for the whole LinkedIn – thing i don't think that started until i guess towards the end of last year well, not the linkedin thing i'm talking about like when did y'all when did y'all realize like hey let's do this project let's show some oh i mean that that came down to oh, that was almost a necessity i mean when you trim the team so much yeah. and you have you know an entire corporation relying on just two people for a certain job right you have to get creative and you have to be like okay what can we do to you know make this process better right and it it, that's what really drove it so it was more of a self-starting thing it was it was i know that is for sure and so uh you know we did that of course like organization goes through changes um actually went to my next position after that which was the supervisor for several of our india july 2020 yeah so through this through this uh i guess from middle of april until uh, july you're working on this performance you're looking on the efficiency and all that stuff and next thing you know boom now the operations supervisor so how much did your role change from doing your the performance drill engineer to operations supervisor uh that i mean like any transition there's there's a lot of crossover and a lot of overlay Uh, Uh so you know keep doing your old thing for as long as you can support it and then you know hand that off so ultimately we actually have something that really replaced a lot of what I was doing, and that's the the Rig Cloud platform with the analytics. You want to so, plug that real quick? The Rig Cloud platform. I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately what it came to. Is like, okay, we're developing this product that's going to essentially take over my old job. Okay, which is fine. That's that's how things work. Yeah. you know, you get you get a solution, does it for you. Does don't it, fight the change. Don't fight the change. Embrace it. Yeah, embrace it. Move on to something else. Yeah. And it was what it was. So, I mean, we, we worked on that until that came, you know, a, a superior way to do things. And then you just kind of leave it alone. Let it do its thing. So with, with, you're going from performance drill engineer. You're, mm-hmm. Then you're going to operations supervisor. Now you're doing business development manager. And this is honestly, you, you've had three changes, I guess, within eight months now, nine months now. Yeah. How is that? I mean, how is that for you? I mean, is that is it exciting or is it kind of one of those like, okay, well, where do you want me? I mean, is, is it exciting? No, no, it's definitely exciting. Um, I mean, you know, back to the, the operations supervisor role, that one, you know, I'm still very much in that, uh, you know, and that involves a lot of like, you know, product line work and taking something from initialization to commercialization and making sure it works. Okay. You know. And that sounds fun. That it, sounds interesting. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a different game in itself and just learning how things work and how to keep making them work okay because uh, you know like with anything let's say you update your iphone and then there's always some, there's, there's always, a, there's always there's minor issues always that's frustrating. always so you yeah. have to go figure out what that was and that's 
working with complex issues and taking and analyzing data from multiple sources and just being, you know, just sort of unbiased in how you get to that solution. That's, I love that. Okay. Like that was a lot of fun. It still is a lot of fun. That's what I'm doing now currently still. So are you excited <laughs> to go on the business development side of things? I am. I am. You know, at first, like, I guess when my name was first put in the hat, I was like... Did you put your name in? No, I did not. Okay. I did not. So, I didn't, so a teammate put your name in? Somebody else did. Okay. Yeah. I think they're like, hey, have you thought about Celeste? Like, I think she'd be really great for this. And so, of course, you know, I sit down and it's really an informal interview. And I so I didn't... Uh, if any, Joel, if you're listening to this, sorry. Joel's, but, Joel's a longtime listener. <laughs> so, um, so I didn't take it very seriously. I was like, you know, whatever. I'm yeah. just gonna, I'm just gonna bullshit through this. Yeah. See what's up, and then I kind of left that, and I was like, maybe I should really. Think. It was just on my heart, and so I was like, okay, I got to think about this a little more. I might be good at this. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so I had to really think about it. Just interviewing multiple sources, asking people what they did, and ultimately, what what drove me to to accept that position was I think I can add a lot of, of value to the company and our customers in doing that position. Right. I was like, I think I could have more of an impact this way. So your previous background, I guess, in sales and business development is kind of just, you know, deliver, you know, field bits and, 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 and field sales. So yeah. this is kind of the first full, full-time role you're taking in business development. Yeah. It, business development to me is sales. Yeah, it in is. In my opinion. It I is. Mean, it's just a different title. Don't sugarcoat it. It, sound, it, sounds, it sounds more important <laughs> than sales. It does. It does. It does. So, um, but no, I've actually, I've never technically sold anything in my life like i've influenced a lot of sales you and me both yeah through <laughs> yeah just you know through providing data and research and analytics and whatever i've influenced a lot of sales and now i actually get to tell them to sign a piece of paper so what is so i guess i guess with no background in a i'm not saying no background but no formal sales training background all that stuff what i guess what, how are you prepping yourself i guess to Start your new role first off, and second off, how to connect with customers who, in a post post COVID world, all right, Mad Max, wasn't that good? <laughs> that was good. I know. I mean, the new normal. I mean, so how, how? I guess how are you? What tools are you using? I guess to I guess transition to this new role. Oh, that's a good question. Thank so, you. Yeah, this is uh, this is only my day three on the job, but you know, I had my first formal training yesterday. Okay. Uh, so oh, that, so there's in house training. A, a little bit, just more like software and the tools that we have. Um, I think. For me, uh, honestly, I'm really probably going to shadow some people, okay. learn what's up, um, see what all the other cool cats are doing on LinkedIn, social media, that sort of thing. I know a little bit about what it entails, but also that position that I did for technical you know, sales support, yeah. that was like eight, nine years ago. I think it, I mean, it's changed now, obviously. So the post-COVID, like you said, uh, so, I mean, I'm going to have to figure it out. But that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people in sales, I feel like they feel like they need to strengthen their customer network. Oh, yeah. there's an operator. I got to get with him. Yeah. I gotta, there's an operator. I got with her. This is this. I got to get with that. But I find the most benefit, and this is just me personally, and I don't know what I'm talking about after that, but I find the most benefit is is strengthening a relationship with other salespeople. Yeah. And because oftentimes, I mean, if it's, if it's just me out there, it's just, you know, my two ears and, you know, my two eyes. But if you have a, a strong network, and I'm telling, you know, other salespeople out there, if you have a strong network of other salespeople, I mean, then you're going to start finding out, oh, this operator is picking this up, or this, this, this customer might need this. And you start, that's, that to me, I think having, that's just as important as having that customer. Right. Oh, no, your your lateral support is going to be insane. Right. I mean, it, even coming from operations, like, 
I did a lot of like, you know, intercompany, you know, just connecting with everybody. I Sometimes I'll tell people I work on everything from the fifth floor to the 11th floor. That's what I cover. And that says, that's neighbors' that's floors. Pretty much. Gotcha. That's, that's the important gotcha. floors anyways. Gotcha. <laughs> Oof. Gotcha. <laughs> so everything from, you know, working down at the lab to, um, you know, our remote operating center on, okay. on 11. You know, 12's where the CEO sits, so I'm not there yet. But, yeah. you know, I will be. I'm just kidding. They're also a long-time <laughs> listener. So, okay, so you, so you sat on both sides of the table. Well, you're just now on the other side of the table with sales. I know there's always this internal conflict between operations and sales. Um, do you view, I mean, how is that going to be tough for, I guess, you to shed that armor with the operations side of things and pick up this business development side of things? Or do you view kind of your experience in both as being kind of a, a benefit? I, you know, I think it'll be a benefit. Um, I know I will say coming into a sales position from operations, I've always wanted to just shake the salesperson. I'm like, why did you do this? Why? Oh, you know, because they, sometimes they'll, they'll promise things that we we don't have ready yet. Or, you know, their little mind works in a certain way. Like, oh, we can do anything. Overpromise and deliver. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. And then it comes down to operations to support that promise. And it might take, you know, an engineering act of God to do. I mean, which, you know, it's 2021. We can do anything. Right. But it's going to come at a cost. It's going to come at somebody's time or some resources. And sometimes, like, I feel like they don't understand that. Uh, so it'll be interesting, you know, being on the other side of the table and working with that and, you know, demanding support of my old colleagues. So, so I guess, I guess you feel that the, uh, the previous, the historic salesperson was irregardless of everything yeah, or regardless of everything. I don't think irregardless is a word. I love to check my wife. She always corrects me, but like irregardless of everything, that sale is the most important thing, whether we can do it or not. Right. And what you're doing, you're saying you're bringing to the table. It's like, no, actually that sale is important, but let's make sure that we're fulfilling our promises. Yes. What we're saying we're going to sell. Mm, no, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That and like, and, and sometimes I'm like, I don't see any of our sales guys for a while. I'm like, what, what the hell do y'all do all day? You're going to figure that out. Y'all play golf and get a brunch and you know, like, I don't know brunch, lunch, okay, dinner, lunch, lunches. Yeah, maybe I do brunch. I don't know. Maybe I mean um, that might be your that might be your thing. Avocado I mean, toast. What's that? Every <laughs> hey, get that poached egg on there. I dig it. No, but every per, every salesperson's got their own thing. Whether yeah. it's brunch, golf, hunting, mm-hmm. uh, meetings, uh, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I guess w- with your field experience and I guess your technical background on stuff, you can kind of I guess attack all all sorts of that thing. And you oh, just got done playing golf too recently, I, right? I did. Oh, I sucked horribly. Like I took out a tree. So you got to you got to you got to start. You got to get your own clubs now. I do. I do. I had to rent clubs and oh gosh, it was so funny. I go to this the golf shop or whatever and the guys show me the bag. I'm like, how do you pick this up? He goes, Oh, you wear it like a backpack. Like throw it oh, over. Oh, the here. double strap. Yeah. Double strap thing. Because I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, how do you carry this? Like what You get a caddy to bring it to your car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like, how you do chop, it. Chop. No, I'm just kidding. Um so he had to teach me how to wear the little bag. And I mean, I just, I felt like a massive idiot. <laughs> so, so I, th- I think, so going from business, I guess going from to business development manager right now uh, in April, things are just starting to open up. Yep. The vaccine just got released. Yes. Traffic's back. Traffic's here. It is. It's back. All right. So you're seeing oh. things kind of return to normal. Um, are you kind of, uh, uh, not nervous, I'm not saying that, but are you kind of anxious about kind of getting out there and establishing, uh, I guess, contacts and all that stuff in this industry? Or do you feel like it's like it's the... 2020 kind of reset everything and now it's kind of a good way, a good time to get back in. I mean, what's your thoughts oh. on, I guess, the current market right now and networking with customers? Absolutely. No, I feel like, uh, like you know, sort of like we, we talked about, I think 2020 kind of leveled the, the playing field a little bit. Right. Uh, so I think that, yeah, you know, I am nervous about the context. There's people that have been doing this for a very, very long time and their network is so extensive. And right. so I'm kind of newer to the game. I feel like I can catch up pretty quickly. And, you know, there's, of course, like, 
the social media right. aspect, that platform. I think that's going to have a massive outreach, and I definitely plan on participating a lot more in that. So, so let's uh, let's talk about that real quick yeah. before we move on to another subject. So, social media platform. It sounds. I mean, I was talking with with Keith about this yesterday. Yeah. It sounds so silly. You know what I mean? Um, it, it sounds so silly that it's like social media because it's it's got the stigma where it's nothing but you know millennials and high school kids and all that stuff doing hashtags or pounds or whatever you want to call it. But it's, it's, Pound it's, it's got this stigma with it where it's, where it's, it's the younger generations, this and all that stuff. But I mean, you're seeing people pop up. You're, you're getting a name. There's people that I know, I feel through, through social media, yes. through LinkedIn, that I've never met before. Yeah. We've never been in the same city before. And it's so much more prevalent now. So I guess, how are you, I guess, going to attack yeah, uh, the social media side of things, and is that is that crucial to you? Actually, I think it is. Um, you know, I've been told that. Uh, so I've, I have a LinkedIn. It's a personal account. You know, I do my fitness thing, family, dogs, right. whatever. I've been told that I am exactly like I am portrayed on my Instagram page. Do you think that's so, uh, Do you think that's important? I think that is important. It's the humanitarian aspect, and right. that's huge for companies now. I think they're really steering away from that technical marketing. You know, blah blah blah. The old school, the old like school white stuff. papers. Yes, boring the stuff yeah. that nobody reads. Yeah. So uh, it's more of like, who is this person? How are they as a person, and how are they going to help me? Because I think that's going to be a huge, huge part. So just that humanitarian aspect. Like I know, I know you. Like through your humor and things like that, and how consistent you post, and the people you interview. Like I feel like I can get a good read on you as a person. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. showing your, your who you are, and, and and if you're genuine or not. Absolutely. And I think that's going to be really important, especially, you know, post post COVID, semi COVID, you know, maybe whatever, whatever this is, Mad, Mad Max, um, you know, it's uh, not having all those people in the breakfast room or the lobby or however it used to be with yeah. with the sales. Uh, it's more like, OK, like somebody's going to go do a little bit of research. Yeah, on someone actually. else, and it and it's and it's true. And then, like honestly, this is a kind of funny story. Uh, this kind of goes with the the fitness thing. I remember walking. This is when I was in technical sales. Okay, I walked into an operator's office, uh, handed in my business card. I was supporting the sales at the time. He googled me. Okay, on the spot, and I'd been doing my. Fitness. While you're in the room, I, I like yeah. I was like right at the door. And uh, he Googled me, and uh, of course, like, you know, I do fitness stuff, and right. those pictures don't go away. And uh, some of my fitness stuff was on the interwebs. And he was like, what is what is this? What do you do? And I was like, oh, uh, you know, bodybuilding. <laughs> so uh, who Googling? Googling someone Googling when they're at your door. Immediately, like, who are you? What do you do? What is your presence online? I was like, not prepared for that at all. And this is, I was a young Celeste at the time. So, right. of course, I was, like, insecure about it. And yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. I emailed the... Um, National Physique Committee at the time. I was like, "Hey, can I can I get those pictures down? Can you take them off?" Really? Yeah, and they're like, "No." Right. You can't. But I, I would assume. I mean, we're gonna get in the fitness side later. Yeah, but yeah. I, I would assume though that, that the fitness thing. I mean, obviously, I, I know. Uh, you know, one of our uh, my wife's and I's frustrumers. You know, she's into it as well. You know, and she's very active on it. To me, I, I've I've spoken with her about it, and the the level of commitment it is, is insane. Discipline. It's no. Oh. It's insane. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a cheat meal probably every day. You know what I mean? But like the level of discipline to that. I mean, if anything, that speaks to, I guess, your work ethic and kind of it does. you're going to do what you say. Because if you can do that to yourself, you know, yeah. do that to yourself, whether it's counting macros or whatever, then just training that much, waking up at 3.30 a.m. Yes. 
then that shows how you can perform, I feel like, in the professional world. Oh, no, it definitely definitely translates. You know, if I put creamer in my coffee, that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw what you put in there. Eh, don't worry about it. So, <laughs> so real quick, so I want to talk about the social media thing. One last thing, and then I want to transition. to So, so I f- there's some pushback right now, I, I feel, with companies um, when they're uh, when an employee posts something. Right. right. And it's like, oh, that's not that's not for that's not in line with our company culture and our company brand and all that stuff. And I what are your thoughts on companies suppressing um, the individual uh, side of their people that uh, to me, that's that's what sells a company. Well, but what's what are your thoughts on that? OK, so actually we had a meeting about this recently okay. and Neighbors is so supportive of whatever you want to do online. They actually took like a, a focus group. Okay. I think there's maybe maybe 30 of us uh, yeah. on a call and they were just like, hey, here's some rough guidelines. Don't post anything stupid. You know, don't directly, you know, call a client out unless you have their permission, that sort of thing. Yeah. They were like, post what you want. Like we want that. And in fact, like all like when I went out to West Texas a couple of weeks ago, I took a lot of pictures. They they asked for those pictures. They're like, hey, can you can you send us what you took out there? Like, we want to use it. I'm like, so you see more grassroots, I guess, yeah. companies uh, uh, adapting and I guess accepting, embracing, I guess, the grassroots. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And then and that was really empowering in itself because there's so many people. I think the maybe another generation above me. <laughs> so, right, they're uh, hesitant. They are, and they're they're scared because that's been the stigma for such a long time. Is you know, be careful what you post, be careful what's online, be careful, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like that's the new normal. Yeah. Like if you're if you're having a good time in a crawfish boil, like I want to see it. Yeah, post it. Like post it. And yeah. here's the deal: if you're that worried about it, it's, it's no one's gonna remember in uh, an hour or the next day. No, because it's so it's very saturated, and so whatever yeah. you did last week, whatever toast you ate in the morning for breakfast, like you know, people are gonna see it and they're gonna be like, okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. On. Yeah. To- toast pictures are great. Everyone yeah. loves those. So, so I I, I kind of agree with you. I, th- I think that companies that don't, I guess, promote their people or promote their personnel to show who they are, right. show that they're family people, show that they're animal people, show that they're in, in, into bodybuilding, show that they're into hunting. What, yeah. If you don't show who, I, I, this is just me, I feel like if you don't show the personality of your company, you're going to look stale and you're going to look stagnant. Yes. And, and people don't want to engage with you. Right. No, you have to be relevant, engaging, and you have to be, there has to be a humanitarian aspect right. to, you know, this person. It's not like, you know, of course you're, you're representing your, your company, but also yourself as well. Yeah. And like, that's your, that's your value piece. It's like what you, what you bring to the companies. You Absolutely. Know, all of that. Absolutely. I kind of want to shift gears right now. Um, being a, a woman engineer, being a woman on the service side, now being a woman in the business development side, let's talk about this. I mean, I don't even know what to talk about, but can you talk to me about, I guess, what, uh, have you faced anything? What's it? What is it like out there as, as a woman in the oil and gas industry and in your experience? And, and how yeah. do you deal with it? Okay. Um, so my experience has been just really positive. Okay. I, I have not had any, like anything, like it's only weird if you make it weird okay. sort of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of like my outtake on it. Uh, but no, every time, like, it's kind of funny. I'll go out to the rigs and I'll go out there for a couple of days. Day one, rig floor is a mess. Doghouse is a mess. Next day, everyone's coveralls are pressed and all clean. All clean. Right. Floors washed. You can, you know, you can eat off of the floor in the doghouse. <laughs> I don't think. That, okay, maybe not that I much. Don't but that, it, that you know, part. it's it's pretty clean. Um, 
So that's that's happened before. But in general, it's a uh, it might be my personality and just like how I receive information. But uh, I'm very coachable and very receptive to that. So, uh, you know, of course, a lot of a lot of people will will try to teach me something. You know, said, uh, Laura, the, Laura yes. Palmer was on. She said mansplaining. She said mansplaining. Right. And so, you know, that kind of hit home because that has happened quite a bit. But I'm I'm very receptive to that. I know that people learn through teaching. Right. They learn through explaining. And I'm like, you know, everyone has a story to tell. Like, I'll listen. Like, if you want to teach me how to do something I already know, like, sure, maybe there's a better way to do it. So it doesn't put you off or anything no, like that? Not, not at, no, okay. not at all. Like, it really doesn't. It doesn't bother me in the least bit because, I mean, I just, you know, I like talking to people. All like, right. You know, I like to see how they do things. Um, and then, of course, you know, I'll take all my little information and do it better. Are that's, there, are there, that's just me. Are there any, I guess, stigmas, I guess, with a, with a stereotype of women in the oil field that you'd like to, I guess, address and squash or, or whatever? Yeah, um... Honestly, um, you know, if you, oh, hey, it's around the rotary. No one's yeah, listening. You can say, no. <laughs> you can say. Well, I was gonna say, if you say you're not a feminist, you're a feminist. Um, <laughs> okay, that's number one. Uh, but no, I mean, at this day and age, like, you're not gonna be where you are unless you've you've earned that position, unless you contribute to that position. There's no. I don't, you know, I joke about diversity hires all the time, you know. Like so to, what, do you, what do you need about that? I like to quote Anchorman, you know, it's an old wooden ship. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, I joke around with my colleagues all the time. I'll be like, oh, I'm the only uh, woman on the 11th floor I see today. Uh, do you guys want any coffee? So that's, you're the diversity hire. <laughs> yes. that's, why, that's why you're brought to the table. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll joke about it. But, I mean, I know it's I know it's not the case. So like, that stuff just kind of runs off your back. You're not it does. About that. It does. And I'm not worried about that. And and a lot of the, the women that I've met in the industry, a lot of them have, like, a similar outtake. You have to have humor, banter. Let's joke about it. You I know? mean, that's kind of the, everyone in our industry, yeah. whether, whether you're a, a female, male, Canadian, Scottish, whatever yeah. you are. It's no, like, exactly. You got to have – you got to be sarcastic and you have to banter with people. You, you really do. You really do. And so, yeah, I'll walk into a meeting and I'll be like, oh, I guess I'm note taker today. Oof. <laughs> Absolutely joking though, but I mean, but 100%. it's all, but it's also kind of, I mean, if anyone with those stigmas, you're yeah. kind of bringing it to the table. It's like I'm not here for that. Like, yeah, I'm part, I'm, yeah. I'm part of the no. table. I'm part of the team. Exactly. So don't try to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't sass me. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you like to bring up? Um, yeah, no. I mean, as far as like you know, anything that I think that the industry needs to know about being a woman in the field. It's only weird if you make it weird again. Okay. Like that's really that's really my thought on it. Just you know, go in, do your job, do what you have to do. Um, I I have no bad experiences, nothing nothing awkward or right. you know anything like that. Okay. And that's just that's just my personality and my humor. And I've always been like that. You know, I've always been like a. I mean, look at the sport I do. I do such a subjective sport. I literally get judged on how I look. So anything that happens in the industry that's you know in the you know sexist realm or you know whatever, it just rolls off my back. So uh, I get that it rolls off you. I, I guess so. I guess one thing that I guess we can do uh, today as as guys uh, slow down the mansplaining, <laughs> right? Just kind of weed that out. Just un- yeah. figure that they that they as competent or maybe more competent. And you just go with that. Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, just talk to anybody like they're a peer, and you know, keep going. Is that is that simple? That's really that's really it. And I think uh, yeah, that's it's so simple. So talk it to really me about bo- let's let's switch the on, on bodybuilding right yeah. now. Yeah. So you how long have you been? Have you always kind of been uh, uh, into I guess fitness and bodybuilding and weightlifting and all that stuff, or is this kind of something mm. that's developed? A little actually. I I started this sport uh, because of the oil and gas. And it's industry. a sport. You, it is a sport. No, I'm a I'm a professional athlete. Okay. Like, 
like I'm sponsored. Um, Who are you sponsored by? Uh, Metabolic Nutrition. Okay. Yeah. So nice. it's a it's a pretty big nutrition company. That's a big, they, I know. They yeah, have, it's a big deal. Yeah, they have some they have some good products, uh, so, you know, good stuff. But uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a sport. I mean, there's a, a big you know event like almost like the the Super Bowl yeah. of bodybuilding, all that stuff. Um, you know, I I've only been a pro for three years, but I've been competing since I started in the industry. Actually, around 2012. Is 2012. When I, so yeah. this is post college. After college, okay. uh, you know, I've always kind of been in shape, like right. you know, relative to you know whatever kids my age, what all that stuff. But uh, I didn't take it seriously until I started working in the oil and gas industry. Only because uh, at the time, it was like, you know, we'd go to Perry's on Friday, get that pork chop. chop. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like medieval torture. They're cutting the pork chop with their, with their hands. And it's like, you know, it's searing their hands, yes. but like, like, cut that thing. Yeah. That's the eyelash. Right? Yeah. 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 Get the eyelash. Yeah. With cut the, that eyelash. With, and their hands are like seared. With like applesauce yeah. and like, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, it was like. I think I put it on like 15 pounds and I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah. we're not doing this. Like, absolutely not. It was just so unhealthy, like going from, you know, I had a lot more freedom to, you know, you know, swim and run. Yeah. And I played polo in college, horse polo, Okay. Um, you know, doing something really active and, you know, getting in a, the gym and all that stuff to, to working full time and going out to dinner, going out to lunch and being a little more involved in the industry. I wanted to do something that got me in shape, and that was the most extreme thing I can think of. Okay, so what was that like? I guess what was it like getting into it? It, uh, you know, at my first show, I trained myself. Okay. And uh, all I did was give up fast food and maybe eat some trail mix and go on some runs. I did not know what it took to really do well in the sport. It's kind and of a science. I it mean, is. It's, it's, oh, uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been on Reddit and all that stuff, and they were talking about, like, you know, this, macros, this, you know, yeah. like, there's, there's different fluctuations, and plus there's stuff new coming out, it seems like, every week, new fads or tricks or something there, like that yeah so. i mean there there are and it's it's evolved for sure but my first show i did horrible okay like i pretty much got dead last i went to dark tan and i was like hey make me really dark okay like, are you sure and so i go on stage i'm the whitest on stage because the lights wash you out so okay. you have to get the really really dark tan i always wondered about why, why is the tan so it's aggressive in, it's so important because th those lights are are so bright Okay. And you want your, your muscles to stand out, and you can't see it when you're all white and washed out. I'm just So you just look like a little glow stick on stage. Okay. So you need that dark, dark tan. And uh, so I went to, like, you know, your average run-of-the-mill spray tan place. And yeah, where like, it's, like, monthly membership. Yeah, I was like, make me dark. And they're like, ma'am, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm sure. I was like, level three, whatever. Uh, so I go on stage, and it, it wasn't right. Like, I didn't have the right products. I didn't have the right suit. I, didn't, I did my own makeup. My mom did my hair. It was... Very, I, very, it was very it, country. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went up there and I didn't, I did not fit in, but that drove me to, to do better. Really? Yeah. I was like, okay, I just got my ass kicked. I would uh, assume, I mean, first off, that's so much, uh, you know, obviously in, the, in this day and age of social media and all that stuff, not just this day and age, yeah. everyone judges everyone on looks. No, you don't, people don't judge, but anyway, but I'm saying to get up there and, uh, and to compete, you know, to, you're getting judge on your physique yes that's got to be so and then to to not place or not that's got to be i mean how do you how'd you push through, i guess through that and say you know what i'm gonna commit i want to do this again yeah no I, I mean i sat down did my research i actually got a trainer that knew what they were doing i got the right suit the right tan okay and um you know i did pretty well and i was just kind of you know i was dabbling a little bit in it uh, i made it up to like the national level and then 2014 hit and oil and gas kind of right. took a dump uh so i took the next couple of years off after that 
like I didn't compete. Okay. I, I mean, I still trained. I still did my diet, and um, I just focused on work because mm-hmm. there's a there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Like sometimes you can't do both all the time. Can't it's, burn the candle both it, ends. Exactly, it's extremely hard. And so then I picked it back up again a couple years later, and like immediately turned pro. Like I I just I had all my ducks in a row. Was that more fuel to the fire? It was. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't think I was going to turn pro. I mean, I trained for it. Uh, I went up to the national. It was like an international competition, and you have to win your class. Okay. So I, I won, and I was like, oh, okay. So what, so once you win, does that mean you're... you're, you're you, you have to qualify to, yeah. to have a professional status. And then after that, you know, you win money for shows. You can go travel internationally. Okay. I became a sponsored athlete. Of, of course, like at this time, I didn't have social media until 2018. So I really? didn't. I didn't have a Facebook. I didn't have an Instagram. I think I had a LinkedIn, but I just you know. It was a, yeah. No yeah, one checks LinkedIn. Yeah, back LinkedIn was ugh, at the time. Yeah. So I mean now now it's better. But uh, no, I had to get an Instagram. I had to do so many posts a week, and you know all that stuff. And so I had to start doing all of that. And the level of training for the pro stage is it's ridiculous. It's just another. It's, it's a whole other step. Whole other step, and of course like. <clears throat> I'm stubborn and I have really good genetics, so I do it all naturally. Like, I mean, coffee is my pre-workout. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's how hardcore I get. Um, you know, I'm I'm adamant about having a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. You know, even though like it's a little hard on the body sometimes, but so how are you gonna balance that with, I guess, your new role in development? I yeah. mean, because I, I would assume that you'd have to train uh, X number of hours in a you gym, do. X number of this. So how are you gonna balance that? Oh, so that'll be that'll be interesting. A lot of what I've done in the past is I've woken up at three thirty in the morning to get my workout in. Oh, really? I've, I've, yeah, I, I grind it out. Like you know, I get up, go to the gym, do my cardio, have everything planned. It's planning. Do you beat yourself up if you can't make that three thirty? Like if you have a customer dinner the night before? I guess it's your third you know, day. But so it's you only day know. three, so I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> so I haven't quite worked that out. I know I'm not going to start training again until maybe June, July. Okay. So uh, right now I'm off. Okay. This is this is like off season fighting weight right okay. now so okay. and i'm totally fine with that you know like i said there's this time and a place for everything and you can't do both 100 so at this point in my life it's like okay i'm gonna focus on my career and focus on my work um this new business development position you know get that lined up and then when you when you train for professional bodybuilding and, and doing what i do that takes a different level of resources and commitment yeah and so you almost have to have things going a little bit more steady on your career, your relationships, your family. So that that gets put into like a steady state mode. Okay. Things aren't gonna go necessarily up because <laughs> that, you know, takes effort. Right. So it's really sustaining what you have and then, you know, working on the, the bodybuilding things. So when I get there, I will definitely figure it out. Uh, you know, we do have a corporate gym, that's fine. I, you could break it up. Um, let's say it takes four hours of working out a day. You can do two in the morning, two in the evening, whatever you gotta do to break it up. Um, and then honestly, I've been doing this for so long, I don't have to, put on a whole lot of muscle so it'll just be conditioned it's just refining refining the diet refining yeah macros and oh that. diet's 100 percent. okay 100 percent diet yeah we had this conversation i went out to dinner last night and okay. uh, we had this conversation i was like diet's 100 percent. like if you can do anything in your life stick with your diet and when i say diet for professional bodybuilding you weigh out your chicken you weigh out your broccoli you're with the scales with the scales but so the, so usually i guess in in our culture people you usually reward themselves with like oh it's good day at the whatever i'm gonna have a beer i'm gonna have yeah. a, a whiskey i'm gonna have a pizza i'm gonna have some wings with the, like how do you i guess reward yourself for okay, those no, daily that's a, that's a good question thank you yeah you're welcome uh so that uh, you have to 
teach yourself differently because um, I know with especially you know here in you know Houston and Texas like food is an easy reward yeah having a good we dinner. have some of the best restaurants we, in the world and yes we do like and that's it's one of the most diverse cities and we got I mean you can is. find better you know Pakistani yeah. food here than you can have over there absolutely no you really can I mean shoot like restaurant week come on like yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. I see how it is. But uh, you, you have to train yourself differently because, I mean, having a food, it's such a quick and easy reward. Yeah. You have to train yourself like, okay, that's going to do more damage than good. You might get that quick, um, you know, satisfaction, but in the long term, it's not going to be good for you. Right. Um, oh, so exactly. Your relationship with food has to be different. It really has to be seen as like a source of fuel. Well, how do people, I guess, change their mindset when, when it comes to that? that are over over time. I know with me, it's like ripping a Band-Aid off. I'm like, okay, you know, stealth mode. Let's go. Okay. Uh, that's how I do things. I'm like, okay, all in. But 100%. you're further down the, the yeah, path I am. than it, most people. I'm not, saying people I'm not saying people are listening that, are, that want to pursue bodybuilding, but yeah. people that actually want to maybe, you know, lose some weight, get a little more healthy, redefine their diet. I mean, I guess, how do you make that? How oh, do you it takes time. It takes time. Okay. You know, it, there, it, there's going to be cycles or you're gonna have three good days and one bad day you know it is what it is and you'll get better the longer you do it you gotta so allow yourself those bad you days. do you can't like i i told uh, i told my colleagues last night i was like hey you can't think negatively about the food that you eat or it'll go to the wrong spot okay so right. i always like i'm like okay i'm gonna have this pecan pie it's gonna be awesome and it's gonna you know fuel my body you're gonna enjoy it in the form of sugar but right. you know it is what it is so it, in terms of like treating myself not with food uh you could do things like having a, a rest day or you know take your day off you know go to you know spa get a massage go you know take your dogs out and you know play do something like different that or treat yourself to a movie you know right. something, something different than you, than you used to do something different and you kind of get used to that you can get used to anything right really I after mean, after a couple of weeks and yeah i guess implementing that yeah exactly well i say it takes you know three or four weeks for you to notice a difference it takes 12 weeks for someone else to notice a difference so you just gotta stick with, with your it. physique so you just have to stick with it how much really? i guess how much influence or inspiration have you done i guess in the circles that you've been in yeah the professional uh professional side of things that people kind of i guess uh, uh that you inspire that people ask i mean how, oh, how, how, that's how does that spill into your professional life oh easy every day um everyone has an experience with you know the gym or health and fitness right there's always a question or there's always like randomly i know i've gone out to a couple of rigs where it's obvious that you know i work out and do the bodybuilding thing and they're like oh well the operator just sent us a new gym. Like, check it out. It's awesome. Like, it'll be on location. They'll be excited about it. That's the same way to engage with them. It is. It is. Almost everyone has an experience with health and fitness and whether it's diet or exercise, it's a very relatable topic to almost everyone, which is, which is awesome. I mean, I I know I'm crazy for doing what I do. That's extreme, but no, it's extremely extreme. It is. It is. It is crazy sometimes. I mean, I've been on an airplane eating, peanut butter in a tuna packet with a rice. It was disgusting. I apologize to everybody. I was like, yeah, I was gonna I'm say, so sorry. I was like, I'm going to shovel this down and then that'll be the end of it. Um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It's fish in a microwave at yeah. the office. Okay. I don't do that. I got accused of that last week and I was so offended. I was like, that was not me this time. That's like a rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, exactly. I've been doing this for years. Exactly. I was like, guys, that was not me. They're like, Celeste. I was like, no, I eat my fish cold. I'll go in the corner. Like, and no I, one came up and, and admitted that was them. Yeah, and no, well, somebody did actually. In fact, this is a long time ago, but they um, they microwaved their chicken in a can, and it smelled like tuna. It was just, it was disgusting. God. 
So I got the blame for that, and I still get the blame for that. And I was like, look, that was not me. I don't do chicken in like, a can. Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Adult Lunchable, I don't know. Anyways, uh, no, so in fact, last week, you know, someone heated up something, and they're like, Celeste, was that you? And I was like, no, that was not me. Come on. I respect the microwave, and I respect this floor. Yeah, I've been heating up meals in, in offices <laughs> yeah. for a couple of years now. Yeah. I know what to do. Yeah. I know the I know, I know the, the etiquette. etiquette. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'll go eat my cold fish in a corner and, you know, just whatever. Just get it done. I'm not stinking of the, the, the 11th floor. 10th floor. Uh-huh. Now it's the 10th floor. 10th floor. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. No, it's a different different vibe down there for sure. So are you excited about your new role? Are you excited about you know, just getting back out there and connecting with people and all that stuff? I really am. I mean, I, I really don't know a whole lot of what to expect, but I'm, I've am i been really impressed with the team and the leadership so far. Okay. And that's kind of what, you know, like I said, what ultimately drew me to go to that group. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I think I, I'm excited for you. I think uh, I think once you get your once you get comfortable, once you kind of get in the realm of things after your third day, after your fourth day, yes. I think you're going to do well. I think you're going to succeed. I think you do great for neighbors. So I think I think so. And I'm going to have to learn a whole lot. I've been so involved in certain product lines and you know technologies, yeah. which has been amazing. But putting all of that together for the customer, I think, is going to be massive. Like but, so. But the thing is, obviously, there's a lot of recontractors contract, yeah. right now that are very they're. I feel like they're they're acquiring all these technology software companies and all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Whether it's Neighbors, whether it's Patterson, whether it's uh, HP, I feel like that the technology side of things is going to be kind of driving decisions when it comes to I guess uh, rigs these oh, days. So it's good that you have those experience. Absolutely. Uh, we just did a little case study. In fact, like we're just looking at footage per day and like how we rank among everybody. Yeah. Having a smart rig just severely outperforms everybody else. And that's stuff you can take to the customer. And that absolutely and it's and not only that, but it's data. I like data. Yeah. I'm an engineer. I like to look at numbers. Well, and it, I like proof. Yeah, it's proof. It's it's it's, it's you, yeah. you're not bullshitting what what you're saying. It's no. actual valid. Yeah, it's very valid and I think that's so important and that's what that's what I stand behind is, you know, that validation, that performance yeah. and, and standing out, you know, among your competitors and your peers and whatever in in some capacity and I think that's really going to be beneficial. Well, I dig it. I'm I'm, I'm happy for him excited for you even though you've been uh, at the operations supervisor role for not that long and now no. you're now you're going to the, you're getting out there kind of represent uh, neighbors i think that's awesome yeah no it's been a it's been a game changer honestly going from like such a, a bigger company to a smaller one the visibility is just skyrocketed i love working at a smaller company yeah and everyone told me it was going to be different but i was like yeah, yeah whatever i'm just gonna go be my desk jockey yeah. self it can't be that different yeah how different is gonna be it was different yeah you know maybe the first six months not so much but you know after that it's like you you get recognized for what you do, uh, which I think is really important. Yeah. Uh, but just having that visibility and then those different options for your career path has been incredible. And like, and honestly, I, I thought I was going to stay in operations for a long time because I, I like it. Yeah. I really, truly like it. But I was like, you know what? Let's let's go for this. Let's try it. But the thing is, you get that operational background. You got the, yes. you got the technology background and all that stuff. So now it's just actually putting that in front of customers and I guess proving up what you're saying with it, with evidence. Yes. No, exactly. Yeah. That'll be that'll be really interesting. And then I'm excited to or whatever you guys do for sales, breakfast runs, and all that. Who wants chicken minis? I'm up for that too. So, so <laughs> a trick that I so I used to like, you know, pick up like you know a dozen uh, tacos, and there were always eleven that show up in the break room, or a dozen kolaches, and there was always eleven. I started doing Greek yogurts. You know, first off, you can buy them that before. They don't stink up your car. Okay. They're healthy. Mm. You know, kind of. Uh, you know, uh, I started doing that. So that's a. Uh, 
that's a good little uh, little trick right there. You know, change, one up, one up you. Get change, like a, change it up a little bit. Let me get a hibachi grill and just make everybody egg whites and like as oatmeal. Long, as long as you do the volcano with the, with the onions, I think yeah. that'd be great. You gotta flip, <laughs> yeah, the, flip the shrimp in people's mouths. I'm gonna mouths. make everybody bodybuilder breakfast. That's, yeah, and then, and then talk, yeah, then, then push that onto them. Who wants protein? You need to be, you really need to be in that truck. But, uh, <laughs> Celeste, thank you so much for coming. Is there anything else you want to bring up uh, uh, d- during this uh, conversation? Oh, my gosh. I think I think we've really – we've covered quite a bit. I, I mean, so. I've enjoyed this. Yeah. No, this has been really good. I mean, I can talk about anything, you know, Mortal Kombat movie. That was a great movie. That was good. The, fir- the opening scene was just – oh, my – I think yeah. uh, my wife and I watched it like three times. It was just so – and, you know, then I had a buddy who was like, oh, the writing is horrible. I was like, dude, it's called Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Okay. It's not called Citizen Combat. Right. No, yeah. exactly. I mean, the acting was, eh, you know, who meh, cares? But the, the gore and then the fight scenes, I was like, and I'm not into that. And I was like, this is awesome. You're not into, no. you're not into Mortal Kombat movies? No. I mean, I, I knew about the video game, you know, the well, Son- yeah. Sonya. I was like, that's my character, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's the only female character. That and the fairy. Vampire. 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 Not a fairy. So, vampire. So, um, you know, just just knowing a little bit of the background and then getting to the movie, I got sucked in. Oh, it's a great two-hour movie. It's wow. unbelievable. Like, yeah, I just like... I didn't realize Sub-Zero was such an asshole. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know he had like a personality or like a... I didn't know about the character. I was impressed that he was bilingual. Yeah. He could speak Chinese and Japanese uh, on the flip. I was impressed by that. Yeah, I didn't really get that. The Chinese and the Japanese, like the Scorpion. Mortal Kombat, they come from all over the... Okay. That... Cage was not. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, I'll I'll learn about that. And I'll educate myself. But no, I'm I'm really excited to see what what else is going to happen in the industry. Where I'm going to go from here. I feel like I've done a little bit of everything, um, especially you know on the the drilling side. Yeah. And that's what I've always been drawn to is is the the drilling aspect. Because I mean, I've tried the other stuff. It's boring. So. Some people are passionate about drilling. I mean, some yeah. people love that side of the business. Yeah, I mean, that's that's their passion. That's what they want to stick with, and I and I dig that. It, you know, it truly is. I mean, there's so many other aspects of this industry, but that's what I'm definitely drawn to, and that's what, okay. I've, what I've been doing. I, I definitely see myself keep going in that direction. All right. Well, Celeste, thank so, you so much for missing welcome. your fourth day of work uh, in, in your new role. I appreciate that. And again, everyone, this is Celeste Schaefer, the operations supervisor uh, slash business development manager, as of three days ago um, at Neighbors Industry. And uh, you can, if you have any questions with her, you want to link up with her, just check her out on LinkedIn, uh, Celeste Schaefer. And uh, thank you for coming in. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, thank um, you for I enjoyed me. your time and, and the conversation. And I, I guess I wish you success. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon.